The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with my co-host, Roger, and uh, we're back for another episode. And this time we're going to be taking, well, not taking because we're not actually doing it live, but we're, we're going to be answering some listener questions that we received uh, over the last month or so. And so we're glad to do that. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, something a little bit different this time, Roger, we're going to do like and dislike this week. Not necessarily encouraged or discouraged, but like or dislike and dislike this week. So this week, tell us something that you liked and uh, something that you disliked. So is this supposed to be in certain categories? Any category you want, my friend. It could be your wife's cooking that you no, you liked, I hope, not disliked. Oh, she's listening could, to this, definitely. So <laughs> <laughs> any category you want. Any category. What did I like this week? Um... I no, that's a, throw me off now. Can we start with a dislike? I'm a half. Start to, with a dislike. Okay. Go for it. You're a, okay. You're I a dislike pessimist. what's happening around the world right now. <laughs> In this sense, okay, good. That's kind of general. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's kind of general. <laughs> <Setting Okay. up. laughs> I dislike all the politics and everything going on in uh, the country of Ukraine right now mm. in Russia because I visited Ukraine some years ago yeah. with work. Yeah, and the. Uh, where they're going in and they're starting to come into the eastern part what has been something that has been in conflict for many years and yeah. when we were there with the believers and just seeing them faithfully proclaim the gospel and encourage people even when they were still going through struggles at that time just seeing it now it just heart breaks it's yeah. just so discouraging and it, just like reading the news about even how yeah even how all that's handled and everything about it so yeah, thanks for that downer. Appreciate I'm that. I'm sorry. But yeah. then it gives you a chance, something I did like. Yes, what did you like? Well, <laughs> unlike you, I like Twitter at times. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, lo- I like that there are people I follow that encourage me. Okay. I like that I can read a quote and it lifts up my soul when I feel discouraged and I'm reminded that there are still people who are using their words to build up and not tear down okay. so much. So okay. um, I would like that too. So I need to get, you, you know, you promised me you're going to give me those yes. people to follow. So I got to get those from you um, so I can be encouraged a little bit too. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're trying, are you going to, are we going to start with dislike or like with you? I, I'm going to start with a like, okay. I'll start with like this week. <laughs> this is tells you that it could be any category at all <laughs> this week. I, I liked uh, the Encanto uh, movies music. That's I've been listening been nonstop. It's in I, my listen, family's car. I, I like it though, I, and particularly, <laughs> particularly, I like the uh, the song Dos Oruguitas, the the one about the caterpillars, you know, becoming butterflies. Yeah, that that says a lot about me. Probably, I just need my mind off of the world. So I I'm like, you know what? And I like it, the Spanish version. Because I don't understand everything, and so mm. I just can kind of enjoy the melody and the the music. And honestly, you know what it got me to think about? I was listening to it, going, "Man, I like this this song. I like the guy's voice. I like the Spanish language." And then it got me thinking, "Okay, I'm not that pious, but it did get me thinking <laughs> about glory and heaven." Going, you know what? There's going to be all these languages 
all these people from every tongue, tribe, and nation, and we're going to worship God together. <laughs> Not about caterpillars, I know, but okay, so that's what I liked. There was a sermon week. illustration coming. <laughs> that's what I liked, okay? I like that. My kids like the music, so I get to listen to it. So what did I Great. dislike this, this week? What did I dislike? Um, it's kind of something similar to every week. Um, my kids' homework, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like that, that, you know, sometimes the homework that they have is just busy work sometimes. And, uh, I, I don't like common core math all the time. Um, and so it's not my, my older one. He, he can kind of do it. Well, he, he's so far advanced in math compared to what I know. I can't even help mm-hmm. him, but you know, working with my daughter on her math homework sometimes, you know, she does great, except sometimes I'm like, what do they want you to do? draw what and yes. why um and write a paragraph about why right. one plus one is two exactly and she's looking at me like baba in your time you didn't have to do this did you oh, I'm like that's great. no no i didn't i'm sorry that you do <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that'd be my dislike okay well we want to get to you know some important stuff not disney musicals and whatnot but um so we we got some some questions in, in the last few weeks and um they're interesting, some interesting questions. I, I think we, we will be able to tackle at least a few of them. And so mm-hmm. uh, why don't I go ahead and just start with the first one. I'm going to read read this first one off, and um, I'm going to keep it as PG as I possibly can. But if you have a underage listener, you may find that you're going to have to discuss this with them uh, afterwards. Mm-hmm. Not that we have any underage listeners, but anyway. <laughs> so... Uh, the, the, the question is, uh, does intimacy in marriage have something inherently wrong with it? The, the question goes on. What do you say to someone who argues that intimacy in marriage is inherently shameful because it is always done in private and that Jesus says in heaven there will be no marriage? Does that mean that marriage and intimacy is something like slavery or polygamy in the Old Testament allowed, but not really a good thing? That is an interesting question, Roger. Questions. We have multiple questions. Yes, multiple questions in there, but an interesting topic. And um, until it was posed to us, um, I don't know if I had ever heard anyone who said that there is something inherently wrong with in, in that kind of physical intimacy mm-hmm. in in marriage? I don't know. Had you ever heard that that not, take before? Not with the word inherently. Okay. But yes, in the sense of of should there be any pleasure from it? Okay, interesting. Or is it just? I mean, you know, growing up kind of in the in the Catholic. Catholic Church has that understanding is procreation, mm. and you shouldn't have, and it shouldn't be for pleasure. Got it. That's not an aspect. It's just something. It's kind of a duty. It's something to keep creation going. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I didn't grow up Catholic, so I'm, I'm glad. Um, <laughs> but, but, go. On. Yeah, you were going to say sorry. <laughs> but I, I would say even answering that that first question. If it's inherently wrong, we're going to have a lot of people disappointed who are getting ready for marriage and thinking about marriage one day, if, if we have that viewpoint. Yeah, um, it's, it's wrong, so yeah, um, no pleasure for you. Yeah, I, I mean, 
obviously no in our understanding. Yeah. But it could become wrong. Sure. Anything yeah. can. Any, right? Yeah, absolutely. There, there's a, here's what I was trying to process when I, when I read the question. I said, okay, let, let's think about the evidence in Scripture first. Let's yeah. just kind of think mm-hmm. biblically. What, what are we dealing with? Physical intimacy. We know that at the very least, marriage and physical intimacy is part of creation. Mm-hmm. And and part of creation prior to the fall, okay. So you have this yeah. creation ordinance, m- marriage, and the you know be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. This is part of um, the, the creation uh, and the creation mandate that's given to humans. Um, it seems to me, if I look at scripture now, I'm not necessarily saying that the issue of pleasure per se. But if you look at the, the whole of Scripture, procreation is viewed as a huge blessing throughout mm-hmm. Scripture. In fact, those who are unable to procreate, um, there's something deficient there, it looked, you know, at least in their minds. And so there's questions about the Lord closing the womb and those things. But these are, again, addressing more procreation, mm-hmm. not necessarily the issue of pleasure. But there's something that is reflective of the image of God in our ability to procreate and so it seems like the act that leads to that is not something that's inherently wrong but inherently right right mm-hmm. um the other thought <clears throat> that came to my mind is look i know people historically have looked at this book in the bible as maybe something different but i don't know how you can interpret song of solomon yeah. any other way than to see it as a love song mm-hmm. that includes a whole lot of physical intimacy and the the pleasure that is a part of that in the proper context. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought about Hebrews 13, four yep. and, and that yeah, one, yeah. I just kept thinking, you know what, how do you keep the marriage bed uh, pure? If there's no way to keep the marriage bed pure, according to someone who thinks that there's something inherently wrong with the marriage bed in itself, Yeah, <laughs> you know? So yeah, these were some of the things that came to mind. Proverbs five eighteen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> May your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. Mm-hmm. A lovely deer, a graceful doe, and continues on about being, uh, enjoying her body and being intoxicated always in her love. There's there's pleasure, there's enjoyment, there is, this is good, this is yeah. between a man and a woman in a marriage relationship that God is, you know, calling enjoyment in this verse there is yeah. this 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 husband finding enjoyment in his wife yeah uh, uh, you know in that intimate relationship and See, so, yeah it, it seems it seems to me that the Lord is not shy to call out problems in sexual sins and those yeah. kind of things that scripture is replete with that it addresses all sorts of problems with physical relationships outside of the marriage. Mm-hmm. Why would the Lord not address if somehow it's completely wrong at all times or something inherently sinful in it? Um, why would he not address it that way? I, I think he certainly would have. And then you even think of how he created our bodies with points of pleasure. Yeah. And thinking about the character of God of creating us to be used in the right way it would seem to contradict how we were even created Absolute. in our bodies good point. for that That's purpose. good. That's a really good point. Well, the, the, the other part of that where he says, hey, what about, uh, is it something like slavery or polygamy? 
you know, that it's only allowed for a certain time. You know, yeah. it's not a good thing inherently. It's, it's actually bad, but it's, it's allowed. And <clears throat> I, I thought about that, you know, uh, it just seems that you have the physical intimacy prior to the fall. Mm-hmm. You don't have polygamy and slavery prior to the fall. Now, of course, we have a short history prior to the fall. I get that. But um, there's nothing. And, and if you look at the way the Lord reflects on marriage, he says man and woman, right? He, he's reflecting on creation. Mm-hmm. You don't ever see that about slavery or polygamy. It doesn't go back to the creation uh, and, and that state. So I think these things are distinguishable for that reason, that polygamy and slavery are are a product of the fall um, and sinful sexual relationships are a product of the fall, but the intimacy in marriage is not. It's it's a it's a product of creation. Yeah. What about the second second part there? He asked, "Is is it is intimacy inherently shameful because it's always done in private?" And then Jesus says, "In heaven, there'll be no marriage." So, what do you say to some? I'm sorry. What do you yeah. say to someone who argues that intimacy is inherently shameful because it's always done in private? Yeah, I, I, I got to process that a little bit more. I, I will address that that second part of you know, there's no marriage in heaven. Well, th- that's true. Um, mm-hmm. The Lord teaches that, but there is a marriage in heaven, the marriage between the the Savior, the the bridegroom, and his bride, the church. Mm-hmm. That all of marriage is pointing to in some way, anyway, and is a reflection of. So. Um, I think there's actually a reason why intimacy even is, is I think meant to be delighted in because I think, and I know some people might find this course, but I think there's a reflection of our relationship and joy in Christ that, that is meant there even. Yeah. There, there's a pointing too. Yeah. I think pointing back to God that that is, is, is to reveal God's glory and his goodness to us. Right. It's pointing back to that, but there's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. It's not an end to itself. That's right. There's something more we are created for. It's That's just right. one aspect of our creation. I thought about this about being shameful because it's always done in private. Yeah. I, I mean, is going to the restroom shameful because we <laughs> do it in private? I mean, not, not to be facetious, but yeah. in a sense, it's not a really good argument because actually that's the point. And if you think of our culture, our culture is trying to do the opposite of that. It's trying to bring more and more of intimacy into the public to be accepted as not shameful, to take away from the reality that this is supposed to be done in private. So to normalize it through all of the sexual dysfunction that we see around us is is causing us to think this is some type of shameful thing because it's more in the public than it's ever been but the fact is in in private actually builds the love and the trust between something that god has created that marriage bed to be undefiled and no one else is involved in that relationship it's a protection not something to bring shame on. We don't share a lot about our marriages with other people because it's between a man and a woman, not between everybody else to know everything about our relationship. Good. And so... Yeah, it's designed for that mm -hmm. very reason. Yeah, and that oneness is not to be shared. Excellent, excellent point. Yeah. Well, another question um, uh, came up about... Well, about desires in general, mm-hmm. not not uh, marriage necessarily or, or intimacy, but yep. 
the question is this, are disordered or wrong desires sinful? So we're not talking about the actions, but the desires. Are they sinful? For example, if someone desires something that they are commanded against, such as a homosexual relationship or an adulterous relationship or the praise of man, um, is that desire without the action inherently wrong? Or does God allow us to have these desires but not, quote, give into or fantasize about them? Again, a, a really good question. Um, this one I've heard more about. <laughs> I hadn't yeah. heard the other one previously, but this one um, I've heard. So what, what are some thoughts on on that question of desires? This is something I know you think a lot about. Yeah, so uh, thinking about that, this question, I think what happens often is we're disconnecting desire and action, and we're focused on action being sinful without thinking where the action comes from. So if we're biblically thinking about who we are as, uh, as creatures, mm -hmm. that we live out of our heart, as the scripture says, that in our heart are thoughts, beliefs, desires, our will. If we live out of our heart, then it's not the action of where it becomes sinful because the action began in the heart. That's right. And it began in the desires. It's not just when we fulfill the desire that it's sinful, but even having that desire can be a, a sinful desire as it's disordered. A and we see that in scripture, I think, in a couple ways. Mm -hmm. When Jesus says, if you have lusted after a woman in your heart, right. you've committed adultery right that the the lust and the adultery is beginning in the heart now some people may question well when does the temptation become sin in my heart when does when does it become just i see uh you know somebody who's who's pretty and i had a thought and that was all there and that was it mm -hmm. when does that thought become a lustful and when does it become going too far or fantasizing right. as the word he uses which i think is a good word it's when sure. You let it linger and meditate. But Jesus points us back and says, out of your heart is all this coming. And mm -hmm. I think just a couple other verses that mm -hmm. bring this point uh, back, that desire can be wrong, mm -hmm. is looking at the Proverbs. Okay, yeah. So Proverbs 6.14 says this. Um, well, I'll start in verse 12. A worthless person, a wicked man, goes about with crooked speech, winks with his eyes, signals with his feet, points with his finger, with perverted heart, with, uh, perverted heart devises evil, continually sowing discord. Mm. There's these evil desires, and he goes on just a little bit further in verse 18, a heart that devised, devises wicked plans feet that make haste to run to evil. And then you think of Genesis, I just, you know, just Genesis chapter six. Mm -hmm. Shortly after creation, shortly after the fall, man does not look very good. Mm -hmm. The creation doesn't look very good in what God has created. And we read in Genesis um, uh, chapter six uh, in verse five, 
The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Looking back at the thoughts in the heart, that there's so much going on inside. I I think what, why some people want to ask this question and, and he did bring up is, is he says, if somebody has a desire like a, you know, for a homosexual relationship, adulterous relationship, praise a man. You know, he threw that in there because there's a sense of what if you, or the question might be, what if you didn't come up with the desire? What if you have this desire? And it's not like I just thought, I want to have this disorder desire today. Sure. I want to go and I want to just commit adultery in my heart with that person I look at, or Mm -hmm. I have this desire that's disordered for, you know, whatever it is to praise a man he brings here or Mm -hmm. somebody who has same-sex attraction, Mm -hmm. for example. Question is, or sometimes I think we're asking the question because we're saying, how do we we affirm people without calling them sinful for having something they may not have had control over where it came from? Right. But I think what Scripture is saying is to be really human is to understand that we may have sinful desires that are fallen, we don't need to affirm them and to think we're, we're somehow any less in need of God's forgiveness for those continually. We just have different struggles yeah. with our desires. I, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but... No, I, I think you are. I, I guess my there are a few things that were going through my mind. My question is, why is it so important whether we call it a sin or not? In other words, what would it do if, if I said, okay, no... That desire itself is not a sin. Should I, do I just want to leave it as is, right? Do I just leave it then? So for instance, you know, one of the 10 commandments is to not covet. Mm-hmm. That's a heart issue. Mm-hmm. You may never get the thing, you're, but you want it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, but the Lord says, do not covet. There, there's something wrong with coveting. There's something wrong with that inclination of your heart that's desiring something that's not yours yeah. or or shouldn't be or doesn't belong to you, is not rightly yours. So I think the same thing is is true with these desires. They come out of a fallenness. These are part of the fall. Mm-hmm. And we are responsible both for our corruption and, you know, the guilt that comes from it, right? We we're 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 born in sin, we're responsible beings. For that, we we can't turn back to the, to the potter, you know, as the clay, and say, "Why'd you make me this way?" We see that in the scriptures. We we make decisions from our heart. We're you know, um, and so I think that it doesn't. In other words, it doesn't change my responsibility before the Lord if I claim that I control this thing or not. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that we are responsible. So I, I almost feel like the question itself, though it's a good question. Um, when they say, well, you know, is it sinful or not? Well, my question is, should you desire for it to change or not? Mm-hmm. I think that's an important question. Yeah, because you can get into, you can conclude, well, if I don't give in to the desire, it's not wrong. And yeah. we're trying to say, no, it's wrong before you even give in because it came from the heart. Our actions flow out of our heart, not the other way around. Yeah. And so we're dealing with, the heart and, and addressing what's going on in there at the heart level instead of the behavior level. That's where I think people get off as are so focused on the outside external behavior without realizing you need to look inside what drove that behavior. 
yep. what's going on inside that's causing that. And, and the desires go wrong. I mean, they're wayward. Sometimes they're good desires that go terribly wrong. Like I love how he put the praise of man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can think, oh, that's not that bad. But what a desire to go wrong, to seek your own glory, to seek to 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 be so affirmed that it's all about you. Um, and so yeah. our, our desires are important to think about. And, the, and I like the word disordered because they are disordered. If they weren't disordered, if our thoughts weren't disordered and our thoughts weren't, we wouldn't be sinning. Yeah. But that's not going to happen until we stop breathing. So we're going to have to deal with this. And it may change from day to day, from week to week. Yeah. Moment to moment, your desire all of a sudden goes straight and you you, you have to deal with it. So, I, um, And I, I guess one of the things that we have to distinguish is, uh, you know, we know we need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> all of us do. Whether we think it's, you know, just for our active sins or for our desire, you know, some of these desires. I think we know we're fallen in need of redemption. We need the Savior. Set that aside. We're not competing in who has more sin or less sin, <laughs> right? So what? how does that help when we're talking to someone? Look, if someone comes to me and say, look, Grace, I have this desire mm-hmm. and I'm fighting it, right? I don't sit here and go, dude, wow, what a sinner you are for that desire, mm-hmm. I go, praise the Lord that you're trying to fight it. Let's pray together. Let's, let's talk together. How can we help you in this battle? Right? Um, so I think there's, there's something very good and honor about honorable about those who are fighting temptations and sinful urges. I, I, I don't put someone who has the sinful desire and the, the one who relishes the sinful desire in the same category at all. Um, it's when we want to normalize the sinful desire that we have a problem, right? And so if you come to this issue of the praise of man, let's say, should I be like, yeah, desiring the praise of man is good or it's not bad as long mm-hmm. as it doesn't change the way you act? No, it's wrong because there's something inherently wrong, disordered and dysfunctional about yeah. seeking the praise of man. Yeah, and, and it's funny because you think about desires and how desires change or you know, if you want to use the word affections, um, an older word for it. I, I think of uh, a book, uh, why am I forgetting his name, uh, that he wrote, but it's, uh, it, oh, it, it, it's talking about, uh, the premise of the book is to replace the desire is to have a greater desire for something else. Mm. It's not to think I don't want to desire this thing, but it's the pursuit of a greater desire. Oh, nice. And it talks about all about pursuing Christ, of Christ being the greater desire to really replace the old desires not as if they're just going to all magically disappear right but it's it's thinking about our desires and not getting so focused on ourselves as you're talking about as we all need the savior but not getting stuck in god just wants us to just sit and think about our desires are they pure today are they not pure well no we we need to always go back to the throne of grace for help with our desires and no matter what disorder it is the Lord welcomes us in and says, bring those to me. Yeah. I will forgive. I will help you. I will walk with you. Yeah. And he is our great hope. Um, it, you know, whatever the desires are that have gone astray, what would it look like if we had that compassion on one another where we could be open with no, another believer and say, I'm struggling at my heart level, yeah. not my action level. Pray for my heart because I don't desire the right things. I'm desiring these wrong things. Yeah. I need you to 
walk with me and care for my soul and to pray that the Lord would help me with what's going on inside. And that's such an important part of this, right? Mm-hmm. It's the interaction. Like th- this question is not a, a question that can really be answered in the abstract. It, the question is, let's come down to a, a practical moment where someone says, Hey, um, I have these desires. They seem disordered. They seem like they don't fit the, the natural desire that scripture would want. Um, but it's all good. Is that what they're like? Is it, is it, is that what they want to hear that it's okay have those desires? That's not a problem. Or would we, and should we as the body of believers come around everyone who's got disordered desires, that would be all of us, right? And say, brother, sister, you know, hang in there, uh, keep filling your mind with the things of God, continue to, to put yourself before the, the, the Lord and the means of grace that he's offered, um, seek him. Mm-hmm. And and you know what we're pilgrims, yeah. <laughs> sojourners, and and we're gonna get there one day where we're not gonna have any of these things, not today, and we'll walk with you. And and can any of us say that we have pure desires all the time? Uh, did you say all the time or any time? <laughs> just you, just you. Because <laughs> I don't think I have any time. I mean, all the time is uh, one they're, thing. They're yeah. mixed, right? Yeah, absolutely. At, at the same time, you have the good desire and bad desire. It's the same. Yeah. It's for the same object, and it goes from good to bad, from bad to good, and yep. you get them all there. Uh, I just found the the reference I was mm-hmm. trying to get at. It's the expulsive power of a new affection by Thomas Chalmers. Oh, okay. Uh, written many years ago, but talks about how to replace an old affection is with the expulsive power of a new affection pointing back to Christ. Uh, this amen. whole article. It's 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 a great read. Um, and and here's here's some encouragement for for anyone that's listening uh, and dealing with this. The encouragement is this. God is a God who sanctifies. Mm-hmm. He is a God who justifies freely, and he is the same God who justifies us uh, through his spirit sanctifies us. Mm-hmm. He's working on our hearts. He's changing us. And uh, there will be a day when that sanctification will be complete, mm-hmm. but it will not be on this earth. <laughs> okay? And and that's just part of the the need to depend on the Lord daily, the grace that he gives to us. And, um, and so we press on together and, and God is a God who is sanctifying us. Amen. Well, look, there's more questions that we, we need to get to, um, but n- not on this episode. Uh, so we hope that you enjoyed, uh, our little bit of Q and a, um, and please keep the questions coming. We really do appreciate them and, and look forward to them. So, uh, please feel free uh, listen in uh, as we close and, and you could send to the email address there and check out our website and all. Um, otherwise, we look forward to uh, coming together again soon. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodandstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.